Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. That's been personally transformational and um, has really tapped into a spark as a woman, as a mom of two young ones that um, I'm excited to dive more into. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, well women. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, those of you who are regular listeners. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about International Women's Day and Women's History Month. We've been celebrating Women's History Month, well, only for a week now, if you're listening to this as it publishes. But Women's History Month is all the month of March. You, I'm sure, have been inundated with uh, messages like women are smart, strong, worthy, powerful. It's it's very encouraging to see the the flood of um, of support for women on you know social media in news outlets and and people really are celebrating around the world for International Women's Day and. You know, at the same time, this could make us think that we're sort of done with achieving an equal future for all women, right? Like, oh, you know, women are strong and, and smart and powerful. And and so what's the issue? And I just want to back up a minute and, and review a little bit of what's going on so that we can refocus and step up our efforts and encourage other people to really take a look at you know, what, what the actual situation is. So according to the United Nations, women are still underrepresented in public life and decision-making. I don't think we need to, the United Nations uh, report to tell us that because we sort of already know it, but there is a new report from the UN Secretary General talking about women heads of state government are only in 22 countries and only 25% of national parliamentarians are women. And so at the current rate of progress, according to the UN, gender equality among heads of government will take another 130 years. So while we celebrate the accomplishments of women this week and this month, let us also examine where we must step up our effort. This year, the theme for International Women's Day is Women in Leadership Achieving an Equal Future in a COVID-19 World, and it celebrates the tremendous efforts by women and girls around the world in shaping a more equal future and recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic, and it highlights the gaps that remain. And so the UN Women is working to provide support to all women on the front lines of the fight against this pandemic, promoting flexible work arrangements and prioritizing services to prevent gender-based domestic violence. You can learn more at unwomen.org and we'll also link to that in the show notes, which will be wellwomanlife.com slash 242 show. So today on the show, I'm so pleased to have Allie Moore with us. She's the Director of Student Support for Future-Focused Education, and she focuses on fostering the development of asset-driven, trauma-informed, and inclusive practices in order to increase schools' capacity to set students up for success. And she's also the lead in creating increased accessibility and support for paid career pathways for young parents 
And we talk about all of this and how she manages her career while being a mom herself. So it's a great conversation, especially for those of you who are uh, deep into your career, juggling that along with being a parent, possibly really good information here. And we talk about why mentorship makes such a difference for young parents and how you can thrive as an advocate for change. So really good topic here for the week of International Women's Day. You can find the notes from today's show at wellwomanlife.com slash 242 show. You can also continue the conversation with us in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash community. And as always, the Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy. It's our group coaching program. If you haven't taken a look at this, definitely do. It's a monthly uh, supportive space for you to get coaching and build community and really achieve your goals. Wellwomanlife.com slash academy. I'm speaking with Allie Moore on the show this morning. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Allie, I want to start by asking you, who are you in the world today? I would say that I feel like I'm a student of the human experience, just trying to show up every day to be a better human and to create positive impact for my kids, for my family and community, and particularly with really big heart passion for doing work with young people and supporting them in their growth in their journey. Tell me, what are you working on and how does it impact women's lives and well-being? I am a clinical social worker by training but I work as the director of student support for an organization called Future Focused Education. And we do a lot of educational transformation work. And so I wear several different hats in that organization from work around policy and advocacy, promoting social emotional learning locally and statewide, soon to be nationally. But I also wear a hat within our paid internship opportunity called X3. We offer paid internship opportunities for young people, both in high school and post-grad, to bridge them into career pathways and to set them up with really supportive mentors that are in the field that they can learn and work alongside. And so really cultivating employer partners to offer those opportunities with and for our community and for our young people and their trajectory is something that is invigorating to me. But a piece of that work that I'm really excited to share with you all as it relates to women and wellness and motherhood in particular is we've been really doing an intentional focus to expand our work to recruit and provide these opportunities for young parents in particular. And so that's been in a lot of ways personally transformational and um, has really tapped into a spark as a woman, as a mom, a mom of two young ones that um, I'm excited to dive more into. Okay. Yes. And it's so important to have practitioners like you in the field, but also leading in the policy and advocacy circles and then creating these kinds of programs. And it's just, it's very exciting. I'm so glad that you're here to share this with listeners because I, I feel like sometimes we don't hear the background, like the backstory to these amazing programs. And we get to do that today with you. So what is it about this program where you're working with mothers that is so transformational for them, but also for you? Because you just said it's also transformational for you. So how, you know, can you describe like, how are you transforming lives? Yeah. Uh, so I think one thing 
So I've been working with young people, uh, youth and families for the majority of my career, um, both locally and and internationally, actually. But I think one thing that is really exciting about this approach is um, often the work, when I was doing community work as a social worker, when we were working with young parents, we talked a lot about employment and supporting young parents getting a job, but kind of that was it. And so we really were limiting our ability as uh, service providers, practitioners, support people to young people in their journey and transition into um, adulthood to really cultivate like sustainable, viable family income for not just the young parents, but their kids and their families. And a huge win if they were able to get a job. But what that really meant was uh, for many, many young parents, they get stuck in um, low-income, no-benefit positions in, in service work, fast food, that sort of thing. And and really what we're trying to do at X3 is broaden and expand the possibilities in young, young parents' minds by breaking down some of the access barriers to explore what that would be like to work with an employer in a professional industry. But also what's cool is that we're able through our relationships with employer partners and cultivating these employer mentors, we're able to really touch into gatekeeping that happens that really is a big barrier and is is the reason for institutional discrimination for young people and for young people of color in particular, young parents experience this a lot, where we're able to really support the mentors and cultivating and identifying skill sets that these young people have because of their lived experience. And so that we're elevating their lived experience as an asset rather than something to feel ashamed about. That's the part that's been really incredible to dig into. So for me, it really has to do with as a advocate for social emotional learning, a lot of times people, you know, a lot of people, especially right now during the pandemic and distance learning, they want answers about what is good SEL practice. And what I'd say is that SEL isn't something you necessarily teach. It's social emotional you, learning, SEL. Thank, okay. thank you. Social emotional learning. Yeah. It isn't something you necessarily teach. It's something that you model and it's something that you do with experientially alongside our, our, our students. And so in, in, in the pivot of our work within X3 as a program, since the pandemic, we have, we have created virtual internship opportunities, which actually has made these paid internship experiences more accessible to young parents because they don't have to worry necessarily about childcare transportation being a barrier to getting to an employer site. And so what that means is that we are in a cohort together working on a work-based deliverable with an employer partner. And currently this spring, our employer partner for one of our experiences is, uh, is PED with the New Mexico Public Education Department. We as a team are planning this um, town hall for young parents. So as a facilitator and as a mentor to this experience, I'm on the screen alongside our young parents. And like I had mentioned, I have a one-year-old son Malcolm and my eight-year-old daughter, Maya. And these are the conditions in which many, many professional women are are grappling with. How do we juggle being fully in tune and supporting and meeting the needs of our of our own kids in our home? And what does it mean to be showing up as a professional, right? Whatever that might mean right now, um, in this virtual space. And yeah. so it's really pushed me to like put a mirror up to myself and my own cultivation and practice of my own uh, social emotional skills, my own self-awareness and 
Um, how do I regulate in a moment of stress? And if you don't mind, I can share a, a quick anecdote about, I think it was last week, actually, I was trying to facilitate this group and my daughter had had a particularly difficult day. Sometimes she helps play with her brother when I'm facilitating and that can work out all right. But she was, she was, she was having a hard time, really frustrated with distance learning. She needed her own space. And Malcolm was in toddler meltdown mode. And here I am holding him and working to tune in to what his needs are. But I'm in the middle of guiding these young parents. And I thought in that moment, it was this light bulb that went off that said, this, this is the most powerful moment of anything that happens today. The way that I respond in this moment, checking in with my body, staying in tune with where I am with my own regulation, being in tune with my son to love on him, give him what he needs in the moment. And that modeling as translated to the people that I'm working with, that's what really matters. And it, that learning really was reflected back when we talked to our cohort in the fall. And they said, it was actually when we saw you, myself and my co-facilitator, Amy Guzzi, who's a teacher in Rio Rancho, a grads teacher. She, she's a mom too. And, and the young moms had said, it was actually the moments where we saw you parenting and showing up to be with us that was the most impactful. And they said, man, it really took away our excuses because we thought, dang, like if they can do it, yeah, we can show up and we have a commitment to each other. And so <laughs> it was, it's just been really beautiful community building. That's a great demonstration of of the modeling and of the the example you gave of the lived experience. So like you you are living that experience and you're sharing that and modeling that. And that's so important. And And you're making an impact in the lives of these young moms and, you know, also your own life. I want to go back to something that you mentioned as well about the program and breaking down. So, you know, there's this work that you're doing with the social emotional, which is so important, self-reflection and the self-regulation. And there are real external circumstances that are barriers and that are, you know, institutional discrimination and other things. And so there's a real kind of integration, right? Of like, of modeling that, that social emotional work, but then also really holding employer partners accountable for their practices and their responses. And so how have you managed that? And, and um, have you seen some growth on the part of employers meeting, meeting the demands of this new workforce? Yeah. So to answer your question about the how or what are some ways in which we engage in that conversation. Like anything, cultivating relationship and trusting relationship is really everything. And so, and that's something that we continue to grow. I don't feel like we have it all perfect and mapped out, but we've made beautiful headway in doing so. And one of the ways that we engage in that conversation is we do a mentor orientation when we launch an internship session and really talk strategy around what the role of the mentor is and and working with our young people. And um, we use we use an iceberg metaphor um, in our orientation where we talk about, you know, the things that might be seen or more obvious to you or what you think you might know about an intern that you're working with. But really your call as a mentor is to name all of the beautiful attributes and strengths and reframe any lived experiences to pull out those as assets and name them and build that vocabulary alongside 
our our youth so that they can generate that different internal narrative about who they are and how they show up in the world with these with these beautiful contributions and strengths of who they are that expands what we talk about in terms of like expectation or behavioral expectation or work expectation cuz yes it is tied to what they might deliver on or be able to perform or achieve, but it says more about the why, like why are they capable of being able to do that? And that has to do with who they are. And I think that we really try to promote this um, perspective of like growing young people in a holistic way and that, and this journey orientation of development and, and, where we are in this journey of the human experience and what and how we can tap into young people's spark and their passion and what fires them up and motivates them, especially right now when um, the pandemic has really had a huge hit on people's mental health and uh, young people, young moms, young parents are feeling really isolated in their experiences. And so, so we really try to take this teaming approach and through our relationship with the mentors or the employer sites and, and the way that they're able to kind of see our interactions and work with young people. What I notice is that they are then a lot more likely to lean into that conversation and to seek us out to team and offer support. As a director of student support, one of the things that I really try to promote is really building in ecosystems of support for young people that we at FFE don't want to be the end-all be-all in a young person's life. Really, the strength is building community, this ecosystem approach, so that there's lots of different people that can be their cheerleaders and that we can lean on each other in hard moments. I'm hoping I answered a part of that question. Yeah. And actually, I want to just, because we're going to take a break here and go to the next segment, but I want to just give you an opportunity very briefly to share, and and we'll put links in our show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash radio. But I know you're probably looking for more employer partners to to partner with in this project. And so if you're listening, if you are an employer, if you know employers who might want to partner to to do this sort of mentoring with young people, you can, I, I think you probably do are looking for those things and we'll put the links in the in the show notes. But do you want to just say anything briefly about that? Yeah. So I think the really cool thing about the this moment in time, we continue to offer on-site placements. So if you have a business, if you are part of a business that would like to host an intern, please, please reach out. We would love to work with you. The other piece is in a virtual internship experience, that is a cohort model. So if you are working it with an organization and you have a real world dilemma that might impact young people and you're thinking, we need to really elevate their voices, this is a way to pull in young people as consultants and and experts of their lived experience to contribute and really work alongside employers or community organizations to tackle real world problems and be part of cultivating change, being an agent of change to um, create positive impact. So there are a couple different ways we can um, engage with them. So thank you so much. Yeah. Check out the show notes. Okay. We'll, we'll put those in, in the show notes. Wellwomanlife.com slash radio. I'm speaking with Allie Moore of Future Focus Education, and we'll be right 
right back. You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second-guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfectionism, and insecurity. The result? You get to live your Well Woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com academy to learn more. We're back on the Well Woman show with Allie Moore of Future Focused Education. And Allie, we're going into this segment called Superpowers for Success. And the first question I want to ask you is what does success in life mean to you? Well, as someone that is still working through and recovering some perfectionism and the impact of living in a white supremacist society, I think I would say success really is just continuing to show up and be willing to learn that each day is an opportunity to to learn something new. And as so long as there's that mindset about whatever it might be that you're pursuing that, that that's that you're succeeding. Okay. I love that you called that out so well and, and just like really named it as far as, you know, um, uh, overcoming the perfectionism that, that really is taught to us and, and is imposed on us by this sort of white patriarchal society. And Allie, you're a leader, you're doing amazing work in the community. When did you know you were really good at what you do? I think it really had to do with the more that I was able to build networks of relationships and support with within my own community. So I actually went away to school and lived abroad for a while. But when I came back, I, I felt a lot of pride about being able to show up to work and, and um, support the community that I'm from. And yet I felt a little bit foreign to the space because it had been a long time. So I felt like I was really making traction when I was able to start developing meaningful, real and authentic relationships with my fellow community members and the people that I work with. Isn't that amazing that it it does tend to come back to relationships, even though we're taught to, you know, pursue all of these external like validation type of goals, you know, education, career, and we're so socialized to become these high achievers. And then really, you know, what really really nurtures us is these, is, is relationship. Allie, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so you can do everything you do in the world? One thing I've noticed, and my daughter could attest to this. So I feel like I'm, I like to be silly and I like to be goofy and playful. When I notice that that starts to wane and I'm getting more rigid, that's when I know that I'm out of balance and I need, and I need to play. I need to 
nurture that sense of play. And, and with kids, it's a little easier to, to lean into that yeah. because that's, that's our time together. But I think you, even, you know, when the weather is a little nicer, being outside a lot um, and in nature to help ground and also to offer that as a gift to share with my kids. Okay. I love it. What superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? This is a lesson from this year. Intuition, that gut feeling, I think as a woman and remembering being raised and socialized as as a little girl, so many messages are sent our way to ignore, deny, repress, doubt that inner knowing Yet every time when I get quiet with myself and I really feel that inner knowing come through, I allow that to come through, it truly serves me in the direction that I need to go. Even if it doesn't make sense to other people, yeah. in the end, it, it always makes sense to me. Right. Yeah. That's such a great example. And we talk about intuition a lot on the Well Woman Show and it is undervalued in our, in our culture. And I think, you know, we're we here and and many others are reclaiming it as a superpower, as something that is really reliable because it's always there. The question is, do we hear it? And then if we hear it, do we listen? And then do we act on it, right? And so many times we, we don't hear it or we hear it, but we don't listen. And then we can go days, months, years, even having ignored some intuitive, you know, wisdom that we then think, oh, I knew it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew it. So powerful. Okay, Ali, what advice would you give your younger self, say 10 or 15 years ago? Oh, I would say no one has it all figured out. And so, and, and, and that's the beautiful thing. So I would offer myself a lot of self-compassion and grace around the things that I thought I were, was messing up or doing wrong or disappointing, all of those, all of those things, you know, having been socialized to be a pleaser or a performer, right? Rooted in perfectionism. So I would really say like, no one, no one has it all figured out and everyone is working really hard to the best of their capacity at any given moment to try to get through. Right. And so, so you are only responsible for your journey and, and your growth in service to, you know, make an impact and leave this world a better place. And if you had told yourself that back then, would you have listened and what what could be what would be <laughs> what would be different? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know if I if, if I would be stubborn about it or not. I do think that I would have really appreciated. So I've always been really blessed with beautiful female women in my life, lots of generations of women that have offered mentorship. And, and I have had a couple that have reminded me of that and it, and it helped ground me in that moment. So I can't, I can't answer. I hope that I, I hope that I would have listened. I do have to give credit that my dad would remind me, he'd push me like to think, you know, cause I would talk about early, early in my career going into meetings and a lot of professionals and all of their titles. And he's like, that's all right. Just because someone's been doing something for a really long time doesn't necessarily mean they have the best ideas to come at the table. Sometimes that means they get stuck in their ideas. And so give yourself credit to know you might have 
good, uh, something to offer. Yeah. And I have carried that into my, into my life and into my work. And I appreciate that. Okay. Allie, just a couple more questions here. Do you identify as a feminist? I do. And I also want to honor that feminism from a white woman's perspective has also caused a lot of damage to our indigenous and black and brown communities. And so really trying to make sure that there's intentionality in my feminism to be intersectional when we talk about oppression is important to me. Yes. And what is, how do you do that? Like what is intersectional feminism for you? How does that show up? Yeah, it's really, for me, it's really identifying power dynamics and asking questions around who is not in the room and stepping back and knowing that, you know, I'm not the one that needs to have the mic all the time, you know? And so really making sure that space is always intentionally created for, for all. Now, as a woman leader, pushing back against some of the power dynamics and doing the work you're doing, it's, it's sometimes hard to operate with these principles that you have within a system that doesn't support that, right? So mm-hmm. you're, you're working uh, in a way that is not necessarily accepted in the broader culture. How have you dealt with that? Mm, that's a good question. For me, it is showing up as honest and real as I can. And that's been such an area of growth because it, it requires a level of vulnerability that can be especially uncomfortable in professional spaces. Yet this pandemic and bar all our lives behind us on a video, like, I'm like, I don't use the backgrounds. It doesn't matter anyway, but that really has pushed me to be like, yeah, this is who I am. And this is, this is how, this is what I believe. And, and I'm going to model how it can work. And I'm going to ask the questions, what's working in a situation and how can we pull from that and learn from that instead of asking or coming from this deficit driven mindset around being problem focused. But if this is what we are advocating for and we have success in it, let's really unpack and discuss and discover why that's working and how to pull and learn from that and keep elevating. Well, I just love that because looping back to the idea of modeling, you're also modeling that for your colleagues and other people, other professionals that you work with. So Uh, There's modeling happening on all kinds of levels here. So last question for you, Allie, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? A couple books. I have Daring to Lead from Brene Brown. I have Mean White Supremacy. I have a Richard Rohr book. So also intersections of leadership and spiritual growth. Okay, great. We'll link to those in the show notes. We love to share book recommendations from our guests. And uh, I've been speaking with Allie Moore. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. We appreciate That's it. For it. our show today, remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman Life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts 
and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.